Welcome to Montrose Podcast, the official podcast of Montrose School here in Medfield, Massachusetts, where girls are called to greatness. I'm your host, Mary Cahill Farella, and I'm very happy that you can join us. Maybe you're an avid supporter of Montrose, a current parent, or a friend of the school. Or maybe you're new to Montrose, an independent school for girls in grades 6 through 12, inspired by the teachings of the Catholic Church. Here, young women achieve academic excellence in a rich liberal arts environment by developing enduring habits of mind, heart, and character. Thanks for joining us as we explore topics that highlight the power of a Montrose education and how it affects the world around us. In this unprecedented time, so much has changed. Social distancing is now familiar. Many of us know how to make our own masks and wear them whenever we venture out of our homes. Some of us have experienced sickness, and all of us are reeling from the tremendous losses in our communities, domestically and abroad, due to coronavirus. But some things remain the same. The forsythia and daffodils have bloomed, just as they always do at the beginning of spring and April is still National Poetry Month. Poetry helps us express emotion, it elicits emotion, and it connects us with one another. And that connection has never been needed more than it is right now. Words come from the heart and poetry is those special kinds of words that seem to spring from the soul. They have their own music, their own shape, their own structure, and they create a fresh kind of habitable order, which can kind of carry the spirit like a flying carpet, you know, and bring you a little message from your own soul. That's Sarah de Nordwall, a performance poet and published author, talking about why poetry matters. How has Sarah, who served as Matros's very own bard in residence, been coping during these times? Like all of us, she's doing her best. And for Sarah, that means creating poetry. Here's Sarah reading her recent poem entitled Spacious. Spacious is the opposite of Macbeth. Cabined, cribbed, confined, bound in to saucy doubts and fears. Spacious is room for the caged bird to sing and take wing when the door is opened from without and within. Spacious is how one's timetable feels when kindness is the gate to lean on between one neighbourly activity and another. Spacious is the world that has been redeemed by the outstretched arms of the lover of everything. Spacious is the energy of the green leaves opening in an ecstasy of readiness for the sun. Spacious is the heart you have given me today, that your infinite kingdom come. Now let's hear from some of our Montrose students who've been inspired by poets like Sarah. First up is Montrose junior Neha Sankara. Neha has created over 50 poems, including some new ones during this time of quarantine. Here's Neha reading one of her poems entitled, Music. This poem is called Music, inspired by Luca, a character in a TV show that I used to watch. I was born with the power to hear the music of souls. Each soul has its own tune, but only some can hear it. I can. No two are the same. Some are mellow while others are rock. 
Some clash with each other, while others fit perfectly. Some change over time, while others don't. Some are so loud that I cannot hear any other music for a week, while some are so soft that I have to strain to hear them. Some are broken records, while others are mixtures. I can hear everyone's music. My only problem is that I cannot hear my own. Another way in which poetry matters is that it inspires other artists in other media. This was the case for Montrose senior Emily Nelson, who was inspired to create an original song based on the William Wordsworth poem, The World is Too Much With Us. Here to read that poem is head of school, Dr. Karen Bolin. The world is too much with us, late and soon. Getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. Little we see in nature that is ours. We have given our hearts away, a sordid boon. This sea that bears our bosom to the moon, the winds that will be howling at all hours and are upgathered now like sleeping flowers. For this, for everything, we are out of tune. It moves us not. Great God, I'd rather be a pagan suckled in a creed outworn. So might I, standing on this pleasant lee, have glimpses that would make me less forlorn, have sight of Proteus rising from the sea, or hear old Triton blow his wreathed horn. And here's a reflection from Dr. Bolin on the world is too much with us. I love the melancholic strain in the speaker's tone in this poem, um, melancholic and um, deeply worried that we're so distracted. All we're concerned about is consumerism, getting and spending. The world is so much with us, we're exhausted. We don't see nature in a way that makes her our dear friend. Um, our hearts are weary. We've given them away, a sordid boon. And the speaker looks out at the sea and the moon and the winds and feels so out of sync with them. The seas that we, as, uh, as a people, as humankind, are, are out of tune with this majesty, with this glory, with the quiet beauty of, of the night. Uh, we're, we're unmoved, it moves us not. And then there's a change, there's indignation. Um, great God, I'd rather be a pagan, suckled in a creed outworn. I'd rather believe in some old mythology because perhaps there I'd find some solace, I'd find some drama I could appreciate, seeing um, Proteus rising from the sea, hearing Triton blow his old horn. And this is a speaker who is disenchanted with the pace of life, with people missing the moment, missing the beauty and the wonder in, in nature um, and, in, and in life itself. He's really weary of it all and um, perhaps even, even desperate. Um, what I love so much about Emily's um, response to this poem in music is that she provides 
um, a reflection, a musical reflection on this piece that helps us realize its power uh, and, and feel it more poignantly. Now let's hear Emily's musical response to The World is Too Much With Us, which is incredibly timely as we strive to live in a much less busy world in the midst of quarantine. Each day we walk staring straight ahead when there is a world left to be explored how can we be content with the life we've led not even knowing what we've ignored faces look our way but Why is it always too much with us? The pain in our tears, the joy in our smiles, they will just have to wait a while. I have no time to worry about them. So much better without them Flowers sleeping while our souls Are keeping safe inside The perfect place to hide Why have we given all of our heart away? How can we not see beauty in every day? How can we think our world not worth the fuss why is it always too much why have we given all of our heart away how can we not see beauty in every day why do we think our world is not worth the fuss why is it always too much with us why is the world just too much with us Poetry matters because it helps us grapple with the human condition. Montrose alumna Gabrielle Landry knows this well. Gabby, from the class of 2016, has recently published a collection of poems entitled All the Things I Never Told You. It's described as a message of positivity in overcoming challenges and celebrating life. Again, that was never so needed as it is right now. Here's Gabby reading Charcoal, a poem that she wrote during her senior year at Montrose for the school-wide poetry slam. Charcoal. Breathe. Stop thinking so much and trying so hard. Even leaves fall, get crumbled and crushed, turn to charcoal dust and dissolve into the air we breathe. One breath, two breath, 
They say count backwards from ten. Don't speak too softly or yell too loud. If you feel like you're drowning, you simply must breathe. I warned you that this would happen, that the sky would turn to charcoal and melt into the ground, falling like water droplets coalescing into puddles and my mind cascading into charcoal air. I breathe in, hold, out, hold. Hold your breath and jump, but don't forget to breathe. Don't compare endings to beginnings. When you do, you get caught in the past. It will creep in like charcoal fog on little cat's feet. Blind your view and block the moon. But don't worry. Fog is just air, so just put one foot in front of the other. Just breathe. And now back to our very special guest all the way from London, accomplished poet and performer, Sarah de Nordwall. First off, let me just say welcome to, to our Montrose podcast for all of our listeners and, and how heartening it is to connect with you and hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Well, it's exciting for me, too, because I was thinking of all you guys, because if it hadn't been for COVID-19, I'd have been flying over to North America and uh, I'd have been doing some things in Canada and uh, maybe popping over to Boston even. So uh, it's just great to be able to connect with you on the technology. Yeah. I have so many fond memories of being with you all. Oh, well, we wish you could be here and we look forward to the next time. But in the meantime, this is a great salve for us. And I think it's particularly fitting because I just happened to notice as much as we're trying to, we are trying to grow our podcast audience. I happened to look and do you know that we've been listened to in 54 different countries? That's incredible. That is absolutely amazing. I find it wondrous. So I do yeah. hope that you'll share this with all your friends in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, being a poet who works out in, in the real world, as it were, with children, as I've been working, you know, with children in schools, um, I work particularly at, uh, with schools where the kids are in danger of being excluded from the school system. You know, as soon as COVID-19 started, all of that closed down. And so I'm delighted to be able to reach out to the world any way I can, you know. Some of us are craving those opportunities to reach out for constancy mm. and that's why we're reaching out to you specifically here because you know in the U.S. it's it's still April it's still national national poetry month and yes. we want to celebrate it <clears throat> absolutely um, well <clears throat> this is the wonderful thing we have to keep celebrating those you know regular feasts you know secular as well as as spiritual and it's uh it's a great way to be uh, digging deep. And I mean, I've been regularly going to my online poetry uh, group as well. I, I guess you've had loads of, everybody's got a bit of Zoom fatigue now. <laughs> because, <you> know, <laughs> their entire life is virtual. It's just so strange. But it has been an amazingly creative time, you know. And so since... Um, I've lost my work in the outside world. I've had to step up and I've created my Bard School online now. And we've even got our first little cabaret of shared work this Saturday called When Joy Begins. And, um, uh, and I, I, would, I would love if people wanted, you know, poetry mentoring. Send me their email, bardschool at gmail.com and we can get going. Because this is the moment where, you know, you might have some space to, to find the hidden spring. Of course. Well, we'll definitely share that in our notes on this episode online. So everyone, you don't have to worry about writing it down, but we'll share that so people know where to find you. Um, tell me in a few of your words, you know, why right now, especially why poetry matters? I think 
words come from the heart and poetry is those special kinds of words that seem to spring from the soul. They have their own music, their own shape, their own structure, and they create a fresh kind of habitable order, which can kind of carry the spirit like a flying carpet, you know, and bring you a little message from your own soul, from your own spirit, from your own imagination. And our imaginations are already a wonderful liminal space between the spiritual and the material. And so when we're asking big questions, we need to be accessing those spiritual places to find those answers. Now we all have access to words and we can write things down and discover that there's more in our nature than perhaps we suspected because there are own words coming from us at a deep level. And as I often find when I write and I sit out quietly in the morning, I do my I do my prayer time and my writing time, you know, in sequence is that the two speak to each other and I find answers to my own dilemmas through my own words. And then when I share those with others, it's amazing how there's a kind of congruence um, and, and a shared spiritual space and that when we share creative works together, we discover that we're much more connected than we thought. And there are deep areas of resonance and soulfulness and connection that the ordinary world can um, divide. So I think it's a great time for being creative and uh, heart speaks to heart, basically. And uh, so, you know, I'd be delighted to share poems with my North American buddies and see what we're experiencing together. Yeah, well, I love how you're describing that essentially access to our own imagination our own spirituality and it's true you hear a lot especially right now about the importance of self-care but mm -hmm. it's really a reminder that we are our own best and primary caretakers and one of the yeah. ways we do that is by allowing that access to to the well of our imagination and of our spiritual selves that is such a beautiful way of putting it allowing ourselves to to take care of ourselves that's a beautiful way of putting it I'm curious to hear, I know you visited Montrose and spent uh, a week as our bard in residence, which I just think is so unique <laughs> and wonderful. Now, looking back, what stands out for you about that experience? <clears throat> wow. What, what stands out for me was just the um, amazing energy that the children had for joining in, you know, and really just getting to grips with uh, responding. You know, it seemed to me that, that they were really... Um, up for having a creative go at things you know what I mean it was and and to talk about the deep questions and I just love that fantastic can do actually we've already done it attitude <laughs> that's wonderful you know it's so funny because that's what I'm hearing right now during this this coping time is that sense of being up for a challenge yes and ready to respond that agility of mind and heart it's like you said, it's like it, this affirms those qualities that hopefully we've already been working towards so that this is just building on them. Yes, absolutely. You've got the foundations in place and now here's the test. You know, it's uh, it wasn't for nothing that you decided to build those virtues. And um, it's that combination of flexibility and uh, solidity, isn't it? And you never know whether it's in place until you're tested. And then when you discover, oh, wow, here's a major crisis and, and it works. It's kind of affirming, isn't it? You know, it really is. This has been such a lovely conversation with you. In closing, I'm wondering if I could put you on the spot since I know that that's 
you love the spotlight. That's where you're supposed <laughs> exactly. to be. So could you leave us with, with one of your special, um, something that, that you've written that's brought you, you know, insider comfort during yeah, this time? Okay, fine. Yes. I mean, in fact, I could, um, I could read you a little short one that um, I wrote on Palm Sunday. I was, I was watching um, Mass on the laptop, and it seemed such a strange thing to be doing. You know, on Palm Sunday, we made our own palms from things in the garden out of different English trees. <clears throat> and then I just sat down, I wrote this little poem, and it's called Right Sizing. Life is changing size. And we have new rulers with which to measure the dimensions of the age. Priests are broadcasters now, proclaiming the word of God to all the earth. And the faithful are hermits, alone in their homes and meditating on death and the value of the lives they've been given. Nurses and doctors are the heroes and heroines. Those who collect the rubbish are hailed from the highest balconies. And those stacking shelves are protagonists of the survival of civilization. Celebrities are only noticed when they're sick and in need of prayer, and politicians have become servants devoted to saving lives as they struggle with the sicknesses we share. Those dying alone are accompanied by the loving graces of the church so freely given, a deluge of invisible love at the gates of eternity. And human tragedy breaks the hearts of every person. The world has just turned upside down the right way up at last. Thanks for joining us to celebrate National Poetry Month. A special thanks to Head of School Dr. Karen Bolin for the inspiration for this episode and to all of our guests for sharing their talents with us, Neha Sankara, Emily Nelson, Gabby Landry, and Sarah DeNordwall. Until next time, I'm your host, Mary Cahill Farella, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Montrose Podcast. Please subscribe so that you'll be the first to know about future episodes and share the podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to donate to Montrose Podcast, your gift will go directly to tuition assistance, a critical part of our mission to keep a Montrose education accessible. Thank you for doing your part to plant the seeds of lifelong Montrose friendships and ensure that each Montrose graduate takes with her a life compass to navigate the challenges beyond Montrose and seize opportunities to shape our changing world.